DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. It's already started. Teams firing coaches left and right. TCU, Gary Patterson, out. Texas Tech not only fired a coach, hired a new one. USC and Washington State. Looking for coaches. Plenty of people around the Pac-12 wondering if another job or two might come open. Looking at ASU, looking at Washington. I suppose looking at UCLA, although I wouldn't think that one comes open. Rumors that Justin Wilcox will take the Washington job, which then would make it Cal be open. Yep. They turn my mic back on? I'm loud enough. I don't need no stinking mic. So you were doing a little research for the Utah-Arizona game. Came up with a a stunning juxtaposition. (laughs) Nice. Thank you. (laughs) What is true about one team is definitely not true about the other. Now, you look at Arizona, and obviously they've bottomed out. I think we'd all agree on that, right? They lost uh, 19 in a row. 20. 20. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. 20. 20, And then they snapped it before it hit 21. Yeah. Well, you look at... You know, you look at their program, they've never been a world beater. They've never been a national power, but most teams in the conference are not national powers. Uh, but if you look at it in the 80s, uh, Larry Smith uh, took over uh, from Tony Mason in 1980, right? And so he goes and gives him a couple years, 7-3, 7-4, 8-3, 9-3. One year they went 4-4-3. Four, four, and three. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> that would be a weirdly unsatisfying year. Dick Tomey's first year. And in, in conference, they were 2-3-3. Three, and three. Right. And so Smith, you know, he had 8-3, and 8-3-1, I think it was. And, and then he goes 9-3. and three. Then he gets the SC job. And I was working for the Daily Breeze at the time when he got the SC job. So I remember it well. And Tomey comes in and does pretty well. You know, they have uh, winning seasons like seven out of eight years. 1991, they're four and six, four and seven, I think. But then he bounces back, and they've had three double-digit win seasons, and Tommy had two of them. Well, reminds me of Rocky Long. Expectations, because Rocky did so well in New Mexico, considering that uh, it has one of the worst recruiting bases in all of college football. Just awful. The client, the population of New Mexico the population is crappy. Tiny. It's about and, a million people, and the people yeah. are tiny. <laughs> Their genetic makeup is not made for football. <laughs> when when you look at Utah, Utah overproduces, and you look at the Polynesian culture. Right. They, well, okay, you've got more big guys, and how many linebackers and defensive linemen and offensive linemen? They fall off trees here. <laughs> and so let's not, go check to New Mexico for their. Right. Number of Samoans and Tongans—they're they're not and very not, many. Not happening. Yeah, and plus yeah. they're they're you know they're and the number is thousand just a, miles away from everybody. Yeah, yeah, and it's a, it, the state's only got like one point one or one point two million right. people. It's got and so Rocky big. Long does well, but they want more, and it's hard to do more. So he gets fed up. And he says, "Screw you," and he leaves. Well, Tommy got fed up, and he quit. The, the scrutiny was just too freaking much. And then, much to my delight, they hired John Makovic. And that was a mess. Right. Five wins to four wins to two wins. Well, thanks for playing. Next. <laughs> and by the way, you know his John Makovic stories? 
about the chaos, not just the wins and losses, and those matter a lot, but the chaos behind the scenes. Ron McBride knows a lot of people in Arizona because he coached down there. Oh, he was and, buddies with. Uh, in fact, I think he spoke and Harlan spoke at Tommy's funeral. Yeah. And then the, the number of stories, how poorly Makovic got along with people. and Yeah, it was, it was miserable. Three miserable years. And they've never really recovered from that. I loved it. <laughs> I know you did. You're an Arizona State fan. And then they hire Stoops. And he was okay for a bit. A couple of uh, two eight and fives. Uh, but then they can him in the middle of the season at a 4-8. And then they go with Rich Rod, and I think Rich Rod, I've said this many times, Rich Rod has a brilliant offensive mind uh, and got them to 10 wins. They won the division, uh, went to the Fiesta Bowl. I think Boise kicked the crap out of him. They did. But it was so fun to watch him because he was a volcano waiting to explode at any given time. And then he 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 embarrassed uh, the university. While winning less. Yeah, and it started to tail off. Uh, and the combination, that was the end of it for him. And then in comes Sumlin, and that went Absolutely like, beautiful. That went like <laughs> Makovic. That went from bad to worse to awful. And Sumlin closes everything. He shuts down. There's like no media access. You're in a place where you need somebody to sell your program, right? You need somebody who's media friendly. If you're not media friendly, you better win big, Right. Like one of the reasons why I hope Pablo does well for RSL because he's obviously media friendly, mm-hmm. and he can talk, and he can laugh, and you feel like he's your guy even if you barely know him. Yep, all we, true. Now we went to the same high school. I just oddly enough, so we have this connection, which is ridiculous, but nevertheless, that's the way it played out, right? So you got all these things going on, and they suck. They lose seven games in a row, and then last year five. And the the ultimate embarrassment, seventy to seven. So in that time that the Utes joined the conference in time, they joined it in two thousand ten, but they had that last year. So they joined it in two thousand eleven. So they've had Mike Stoops, T- Tim Kish, Rich Rod, Kevin Sumlin, uh, Jed Fish during that time, and the Utes have had one guy. And. I have never in my life in this business pushing 40 years now, as crazy as it seems. I still got a few years to go before I get there. Uh, I've never seen a guy make as many strides with the media than Kyle. You know, he was sort of aggressive, maybe not confrontational, but certainly skeptical. Uh, Wasn't his strong point. But now, oh my gosh, the guy's a dream, man. Even if he doesn't say anything, everybody loves him. Yep. Even when he doesn't like your question or something, he has a way of like saying it without... Yeah, he didn't like your question Saturday or Monday. He did not. No, you could tell. Yes. And I had fact. you ask it. You asked it for me. I did. So you took the hit. I did. Because I wrote about it and, and I wanted the answer. He said something <laughs> in the hallway. He said something in the hallway afterwards leaving about that. And I thought about saying, PK, and I'm like, no, nah, just for the team. <laughs> you could have given me up. I could have, but I did. Well, well, now he'll find out because everything gets back to him. So yeah. he's like, you're down on our league. What about other leagues? What about the ACC? Hey, you weren't down at all. Like, you're like, me. Well, no, but I agree with you. I mean, it's a terrible year for the league. There's no spinning it. It's a right. terrible year. 
It's it's awful. The league should not be five and five against the Mountain West. The, not, the league should not be three and ten against Power Five schools. With another loss to Notre Dame probably coming here in a couple weeks, so that would be three and eleven. Stanford, yeah. you're talking about. They yeah. shouldn't lose twice to the Big Sky, but Arizona and Washington. Thanks, guys. Two losses to the Big Sky. So anybody who wants to say or write anything about the Pac-12, it's it's just all there. You know, now is, there's a second ranked team because yeah. the Utes have have crept back in uh, in this poll. In, in well, the, well, I, I think it should be in the AP poll too, right? Well, and they will be after they beat Arizona and other people lose. So, right. but but you know, there's there's a chance that it'll be Oregon and everybody else will have five losses. Certainly, there's a good chance it'll be Oregon and everybody else could have four losses. Unless the Utes run the table, they're the only one who can avoid a four loss season. Oh, I guess Arizona State could. Devils, You're right. Yeah. yeah, Devils are six and three. But there, uh, there's just not enough teams with good records. Right. Not enough teams making a splash. And no matter how you measure it, beating the Big Sky, beating the Mountain West, beating Power Five schools, they come up short in all those numbers. Now, to Kyle's point about the ACC, I think the ACC has always been the Mountain West Conference or the WAC before that of the East Coast. And they got stature because they brought in the Big East, brought in Miami. And the ACC brought in Florida State. And they rode those two programs while the rest of the league did nothing. Until this Clemson run. Clemson has had a run. But other than yeah, that, yeah, it's yeah. nothing. This is basically the Mountain West, and you put one team on top. Now Miami and Florida State have fallen way off. They're playing on ESPN in the middle of the day. There's no hype for it. It used to be the biggest thing. But that was, that was then. This is now. So I've decided, and I probably decided this a while ago, the most important thing the athletic director can do at these power fives and even lesser group of fives, whatever, I hate calling them lesser, but uh, group of five, power five, the number one most important thing is hire the right football coach. Oh, yeah. Above all. Right. And, and there used to be basketball schools where you had to hire a basketball coach, and if they exist, they're down to about five of them. Well, they, they're basketball schools because their football program sucks. There's something to that. Kansas and Arizona. <laughs> And now Kentucky's worked its way. It's worked Just itself recently, up. Kentucky has worked its way up. Yeah. yeah. UCLA needs to be good at football, too. North Carolina needs to be good at football, too. As good as they are at basketball, they need to be good at football, yeah, too. Yeah, and they're not Duke, bad. Duke's a gray area. They've had some good football teams. I don't, I'm not close enough to know if they have to be good at football. Kentucky has to be good at basketball. If Kentucky isn't good at basketball, people in Kentucky are furious. They have to be good at basketball. Period. End of story. So you've got yourself a gem here, and I know a lot of people are because is it really been, a lot, or is it a vocal minority? <sighs> okay, I can't define it, so you're right. I can't, I can't put a number on it, but there, and the vocal minority because of the word vocal probably makes it seem more. But you're going to win the division for the third time in a row, excluding last year, which in my mind doesn't count. And they may lose to Oregon in that conference title game. They may. But you still won the division three years in a row. I think you have to know your lot in life, and you're in Utah, and you're winning three years in a row, in my mind. All right, you haven't gotten the, the ultimate prize yet. Maybe you get it this year. Uh, I, th- I think you have an excellent chance to get it this year. And if you get it this year, then that surely shut up everybody who, who's complained about them, to me, anyway. But I look at this conference, and I've been involved in this conference for a long, long time, and you see all these coaches coming and going. They ran out Dick Tomey. How'd that work for you guys? It didn't work. It sucked. They ran out Rocky Long. Much smaller example, but 
we were in the conference with them for years, our guys, our teams. And they brought in, I can't even remember who they brought in. No, they brought in Loxley. Mike Loxley. How'd that work? Well, he, <laughs> punched Great. In, he punched in an assistant. Yeah. And didn't he have something with an administrative assistant, something too? Like that, yeah. yeah. And they were an abomination. So be careful about grass is greener because it's not always. Yeah, you go Ohio State and you can transition from Urban to Ryan Day and Stoops to Lincoln Riley. I get all that. Uh, and that works for you. Good for you. But for the rest of us, for the other 95%, if you got something as good as what you have at Utah, I think you ought to cherish it and run with it. And now, you, now you're at the point. This year, basically, it's like it was in the Mountain West and the latter ends of the Mountain West. You're waking up Saturday knowing you're going to win. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> that is a good feeling. Yeah. It's a W, baby. So you got actually, three games left. You know you're going to win two. That, that's actually for Utah, Utah State, and BYU. I mean, at the start of the month, you could look at it and think, these teams are going to go 10-2. and two. Utah might lose to Oregon, and Utah State might lose to San Jose State. But the rest of them just like wins all yeah, over the place. The USU makes me a little nervous because I got the Vegas game in my mind. Think they could still mess up a Wyoming? Yes. Hmm. Yes. They not so confident about a ten and two for the locals this month. They needed uh, every last second practically is, to is beat. Is BYU going to mess up uh, USC? No. SC is the ultimate, I can't figure you guys out. And right now, with BYU playing as well as they have, I would think they would win. But SC, you still have players. You know, they the Devils got them last week, but in the fourth quarter, it was 17-16. Now, this Rashad White went nuts. He ran for over 200 yards. He's an NFL back. Uh, and uh, with that in mind, he didn't play against... Uh, I don't think he played. Uh, I, mean, I can't remember. He didn't play against Washington State. That's what it was, and they and they got killed that game. Uh, but he's a good running back, and Algier is a good running back. So if Rashad White ran for two hundred yards, I can see Algier having a field day against those guys. But yeah, you, you got to get the right guy, and then you got to allow him to do his thing. And Whittingham is the right guy. He's absolutely the right guy. Are they going to win nine games this year? Because if they do, that'll be six out of seven years. Setting aside a year where they only played five games. We can't. We're going to have to set that one aside. I do. But that would be six out of the last seven full seasons that they've won nine games. And I think on the list of reasons not to fire him is, then you've got to bring in somebody else, and you've told everybody else, we're Utah, and nine wins a year isn't good enough. Yeah, I don't think there's any question he's not going to get fired. But for the people who are saying that, you've got to think about what you're saying. And that, does he tie the, the win mark uh, this Saturday? I yeah. think he ties he it. He ties it this Saturday, and then, and then we'll maybe. break it with the next win, whether it's Oregon or Colorado. So he'll be the winningest coach in Utah history, which he doesn't really talk about it, but I think he wants it. Well, he's going to have it. He's going to have it, yeah. And I also think once he has it, and if he gets a Rose Bowl victory. That's good enough for a career? At some point, it's going to be enough. What if he thinks he can make a playoff? If he thinks he's got a loaded team. Yeah, the, the playoff, though, is... I know, but is, he's competitive and... You, I don't think he's going to retire this year. Yeah. 
I'm not saying that. I would be surprised. It's not out of the realm, but plenty of people have been running around saying he'll never coach a BYU-Utah game. And that I'm, is, not, I'm not there, saying anything that I haven't heard. There are many. I've had people in the media tell me that, like yeah. I didn't know it. Yeah, right. Like I hadn't heard it for myself. I don't know it. I won't. Let's say, like I haven't heard that. Right. I can't guarantee that it's true. If for no other reason, then he's like an NBA free agent now. Like he gets to make the decisions. He has the choices, and whatever he says or thinks today, if he changes his mind a week from now, he changes his mind a week from now. I know yeah. we got some golf in Hawaii, but it's not yet. <laughs> <laughs> he says, <laughs> trying to speak it into existence. Come on, baby. Oh, there's been conversation. Okay. Yeah. Plenty of conversation, actually. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Everything you missed in this show, we'll get you up to speed. Next, Joe Ingles was on. Pablo Mastroni, RSL's interim manager, was on. Uh, he had a hilarious line. We'll tell you about that next. Stay with us, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. The new Zone lineup is here. Give it up, give it with the best coverage of the sports you love and the teams you can't live without. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 to 10, followed by Jake Scott and Ben Anderson from 10 to noon. Get your daily fix of Hans and Scotty from noon to 3. And then the Zone welcomes Unrivaled with Alex Curie and former NFL quarterback Scott Mitchell to the team. Weekdays from 3 to 6, live and local, all day, every day. This is 97.5-1280 The Zone, powered by kslsports.com. That moment where I kind of lost consciousness and I went running down and I grabbed that ball. <laughs> the the fourth official like whispered. It was like there was pandemonium and I'm grabbing this ball off the stand there and there's like a whisper set and he says, Pablo, don't do anything stupid with that ball. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I kind of look at because I, like I had a feeling of just wanting to punt this thing out of the stadium, you know, like like childhood, like ah, just let's let's like let's celebrate. And I heard this whisper and. So I put it back down, and it was just a really, really interesting moment for sure. Pablo Mastroeni right there, RSL's interim manager, joining us in the 7 o'clock hour this morning. It is time to get you caught up on everything we have been talking about in this show. It's brought to you by Lee's Heating and Air. Lee's Heating and Air, home to the award-winning line of American Standard Furnaces and Air Conditioners. Call Lee's now for the $59 Furnace Tune-Up Special, or visit them online at leesheatac.com. Pablo came on, talked about the last second goal, the borderline out of body experience. The, <laughs> the, 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 he's got the, the team trainer counting down to the end of the game in stoppage time. There's two minutes, there's one minute, there's 30 seconds. Yeah. And at 30, then he just gets quiet. That's it. And he asked the fourth later. Demir scored with like 15 seconds to go. There's 15 seconds left. And all the drama. And now it sends him to Seattle, of all places, of course, to face the RSL alumni. It's being run up there by Garth Lagerway, former GM. He's hired uh, another former RSL GM, Craig Weibel, and most recently and controversially, head coach Freddie Juarez leaving midseason to go be an assistant in Seattle. Unheard of. And now RSL gets them in the playoffs on Tuesday the 23rd. Mm, up against it. As you know, they're th- I think they're 13-3-3 three and three against them all time. Look at you. Look at me. You got the numbers. Please heating in air. I already did. Yeah. Yeah. Pay attention. But thanks for listening. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> you're having a conversation with them and nobody knows what you're talking about. <laughs> so they've got, uh, yes, going to Seattle and winning. The, the series all time is pretty even, and both teams win at home. Seattle rarely wins here. RSL rarely wins there. And so Tuesday the 23rd, they will get after it. Seattle's the two seed and RSL is the seven. So we talked with Pablo, and that was good. And, uh, and he remembers the, uh, the high school juggernaut that your uh, late brother-in-law built in there. It's, it's weird that you two went to the same high school. Now, not at the same time. No. But, but then he went on. He didn't go to ASU like you did. He went to, uh, or NAU either. Uh, he went to NC State, and he definitely had the, the Jim Valvano thing running up and down the sideline. That's what triggered that quote about seeing the ball on the stand ready for a throw-in, and they, they leave him there, and he picked it up and thought about punting it. Which would have been awesome if It would have been awesome. Probably would have been red-carded. So what? <laughs> so what at that point, that right? Funny. <laughs> Missed the last 15 seconds. All right, so uh, we had him on. We had Joe Ingles on. Joe is really happy. They've got uh, 10, of, 10 of 12 at home. I guess it's 9 of 11 now. But they only play two road games between now and December. And they're quick one and duns against teams they ought to beat. they got to go to Sacramento, and they got to go to Oklahoma City. So it's really set up for him. Question of the day, are they back? Or as you like to say, just drop the R. They back! Well, let's speak their language. I don't think they are back. I don't think they're playing as well as they were last year. And I don't want them to play as well as they were last year. Because you can't sustain that all year? No need to have it now. Do enough. Be competitive. Win the ball games. Move on. 8-3 and three is their best record through 11 games under, under Quinn. Which isn't totally surprising. Team's been it? together a year longer. Donovan's a year older oh, this and better. Year? Right. So the thought that they should be matching the best start of they've course. had under Quinn or yes. exceeding it, well, why not? You know? This, this is the best team they had since the Statues Finals. It's inarguable. Inarguable. It, it, absolutely. It and is. that's why they're not playing their best basketball. I think everyone would agree that. And we had people saying, oh, they're inconsistent. And, they're, and they've got the second best record in the NBA. And everybody, everybody thinks they can play better. Everybody thinks they're going to shoot the three better. It was 31.8. It inched up to 32.4%. But they're a team, if they shoot 37, 38, 39% from three, you're not surprised. There's much more improvement to be had. Maybe they'll shoot it better than that. Well, they can't be running at optimum because they don't have Rudy Gay. Even if they were playing as well as this group could, they brought in Gay to be a rotational piece. Yep. Not to be an end-of-the-bench dude nope. uh, like Ilya Sova last year, and if they need you... Hopefully you can give them something. Yeah. No, they, no. they expect him to give them something. Right. So that, when that happens, then we'll see what they got, how, how they adjust the rotations and all that stuff. Well, and also they're going to need his depth because they aren't going to stay healthy all year, and at some point somebody's going to be out, and they're going to need another guy to step in, and that's another reason they signed him. They expect him to be able to... Pick up some of that load too. That's when we see Azabuke just dominate the G League. <laughs> <laughs> Whiteside, man, in per minutes, he's got to be up there in boards. He's crushing it. He he seems to be in a pretty good spot. Yeah, to get the amount of boards he's averaging, which has got to be probably in the eight category somewhere in there, with the amount of minutes he's playing. Or lack thereof. Very, very impressive. Well, when they do have the back-to-backs, he's one of the guys who shouldn't be worn down. He's not playing that big of minutes. You know, the guys who are playing 30 minutes and going back-to-backs, they're going to feel a little bit. But if you're 
If you're playing in the 15-minute range and you're going back-to-back, you got to be able to bring it the next night. And I think largely he has. Yeah, and I think Mitchell should be able to, too. He's still a young pup. It's so cool to think that you have these X amount of years, even if that people who worry about him leaving, well, it's not going to be here in the next couple years at least. And to be able to think that, hey, you get to watch him play ball, and he's on your team, that's pretty cool. He's a fun, fun player to watch. Right now, 42 rebounds in 99 minutes for Hassan Whiteside. Not quite a rebound every two minutes, but that's phenomenal. I mean, a rebound every three minutes is, is really good, and he's, he's over that. So the Jazz get the win against the Hawks team that's missing a couple guys and going back-to-back. The Pacers are playing in Denver tonight. They will be going back-to-back when they face the Jazz. Now, they won't get in as late and be dealing with the time change, so... I suppose if I had to play a back-to-back in Utah, I'd rather be coming from Denver than coming from Golden State. Probably take that. But I'd rather not be playing a back-to-back coming into Utah, and the Pacers will be. So the Jazz back in action tomorrow night. The uh, other NBA news, to the surprise of no one, Nikola Jokic was suspended for one game without pay. You just can't take a, you just can't line up a guy who's not looking at you and take a run at him. And he did. No, even if he was looking at him. Morris, on the other hand, did not get suspended, and i got to say I'm mildly surprised by that. I thought they were both going to get a game. I thought there was a chance Morris would get one. Can you be mildly surprised? Is that actually something that's capable of happening? I'm surprised, as opposed to, I'm surprised! (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you can be mildly surprised. No, 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 no. It's not a massive surprise. No, because that second one, that was stunned. You crossed over. You no longer were surprised. I left surprised, moved yeah. through shocked, and went straight to stunned. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I think by the... I'll try to dial it down a little. Right. I don't know if you can be mildly surprised. But I'm not. Unless there's like an accumulation like they do in your sport. Yellow card accumulation. Right. That's enough of that. You get to sit down now. That's fine. I didn't think Morse's play, although inappropriate, especially in the game, the game's essentially over. Yep. Right? You're up 15, two minutes to go, whatever it was. There was no need for that, but I didn't think it it necessitated a suspension. Now, Jokic's did, but I can see where he's coming from. Well, you cheap shot at me, so I'm going to cheap shot you. you. That's why I thought they might both get it. And I also think there's a history there. I just don't think that came out of nowhere. And I don't, but there's a history with every Morris pl- uh, player, every player in the league with the Morris brothers. So you wouldn't be surprised if he got a game either then? I would have been surprised by that act. And how much do you factor history into not singular a, acts? Not a basketball play. Jokic has his arms on the ball, above his head. I got his it. His ribs are exposed. Morris isn't even trying to make a play on the ball. He just runs over and staggers into him. But that's what those guys do. So, with that in mind, if I'm Jokic, I take that game. Because I also think it sends a message to the league. Hey, I'm a wildly talented big man, but I ain't going to take any crap. It's worth a game. You'd prefer it not to happen, but he can't control that it did happen. Once it happened, 
I'm okay. You know, maybe not. Maybe not with the elbow as he did to really send because I don't think Morris, your Get Siler guy. I listen to him. Uh, we have him on the air sometimes. A Jersey guy. He does NBA radio, and I listen to him sometimes on the ride home. And he was thinking that there was an acting job. Uh, he even brought up your sport, the soccer. Uh, maybe as he was on the ground, but I think falling to the ground, if you're going to have a man the size of Jokic, not just push you, but elbow you like that, yeah. you're going to go down. Yep. So if I were Jokic, the thing that I would have done is maybe pushed him as opposed to using my forearm to give me more strength to really send that guy uh, because it could have been a, like a whiplash type of thing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It, it could have been really, really That's dangerous. a lot of force coming from a guy that size. Right. But that's the reason that whenever I wonder if someone's suspended, I would assume they're going to get suspended because the NBA knows they were there in the 70s. They don't ever want to go back. They had the malice at the palace in the 2000s. They had multiple brawls rolling into the stands in the 90s. And Those were good times. <laughs> and they want to eliminate that stuff. I want to eliminate So I always think stuff. when in doubt, you got to take the extra game from zero to one or from one to two. I wasn't completely ruling out Jokic getting a two-game suspension. Uh, me either. But then we got the one. But I also think it sends a message... I'm not going to take this. Yeah. Because I'm the one center who can who initiates the offense. Because he had gotten a rebound mm-hmm. and was bringing the ball down, which obviously Malone has told him to do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he can bring the ball of court. He yeah. can handle and get right into it. Uh, the other basketball news, the college hoops is here. It is with us. BYU was tied with Cleveland State deep into the second half. Pulled away late. Cleveland State's offense looked uh, unimaginative down the stretch. One guy dribbling into the paint and trying to loft something over three or four guys who were jumping at him. Yeah, the thing that I took out, BYU's got so many new dudes, and mm-hmm. they've they they got to figure out rotations and everything. And they still got a ways to go there. Welcome to college basketball 2021, right? Absolutely. Because you can say the same thing about the youth so and the many Aggies. Teams. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Yeah. But the thing that they know, uh, you need something, Barcelo. Oh, Yeah. 24 points, and the big shots go to him. The big possessions go to him, and he'll decide. He'll either take the shot or create something for somebody else. But the ball is going to go through him on big possessions without question. Right. Utes went on a 19-4 run in the second half, separated from Abilene Christian and won 70-56. And Utah State was in a tight game with UC Davis with seven minutes to go and went cold, didn't score there for about four minutes, and that was the difference in the game. They ended up losing 72-69 to UC Davis. Was picked fourth in the Big West this year. The four UC schools picked one, two, three, four in that league. It was weird. I don't know what it means, but they were picked one, two, three, four. I think it means they have the better teams. Yep, there you go. Thank you, Coach. <laughs> College football rankings out. Oregon up to three, and you're not surprised at all. No, there were four, and Michigan State lost. So of course you move, move them up. up. Ohio State hops over the line. They're in at four. They've still got to play Michigan State and Michigan on consecutive weeks who are ranked 6-7. and seven. Cincinnati sitting in the 5 spot, needs a little help. I am so looking forward to Utah-Oregon. The first time. Both times. But the first time is the first time, yes. Both times. But the first one being what it is there. You know, what's it going to be? I... I I can We can spin the implications back and forth, but... For Utah, the second one is going to be bigger. But for Oregon, 
Both of them are massive. Yep. They got to win every game. Well, they got a massive game with Washington State this week. If Washington State wins, they take over first place in the division. They'll have the same record, and Wazoo will have the tiebreaker. Big game, ESPN. I don't quadruple want, header. Nothing against Washington State, but I don't want that to happen. <laughs> Be a great story with an interim coach. Nah. All the turmoil. The sure. little guy taking down the big dog. Since when do you root for the Oregon Ducks? There's a drop somewhere in there where you say, uh, what is that drop? Oregon is... Uh, well, they are. They're hooker. They're, p- they're bought yeah. and paid for. Yeah, I get, I get it. But no, I'm counting on the Utes beating them next week. There you go. So that means... You're all about the storyline. Yeah, let them think they're going to get there and have it uh, be a bitter defeat. And there's talk of maybe game day coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I want that. Yeah. Uh, Washington State at Oregon is on ESPN. It's the late night game on ESPN, while Utah State and San Jose State is the late night game on FS1. So you will have two games to pick between. Late at night. And I'll be down in Tucson, noon kickoff. Figure by 1245 the game ought to be over. Late first quarter, huh? Yeah. Have that Stanford field? Oregon is just basically a hooker. There it is. (laughs) Yeah. I would be surprised. I mean, the Cats are down to their third-team quarterback. They've had massive injuries, and they don't even have any talent. And they got their one. They only wanted one. It's like all those guys who don't have a title, you just want one. If you don't have a victory, you want one. <laughs> they got one. <laughs> yeah, I know they obviously they closed with the Devils. I don't know who they play next week, but uh, they got one. A decimated Cal team. With Whatever, they don't care. After guys Did out. you see the video on social media of uh, they're trying to give away the game ball and no one can find a ball? It's been so long since the game. No one was prepared for a win in the game ball. <laughs> but, you know, the coach is a Jersey guy, so he talked his way through it. Oh, fish? Yeah. Oh, yeah, with the team. He's like, all right, now you're going to know. Now you know. When you win, you got to be ready. They'll be ready, guys, because there are going to be more of these. So he just kept going. He just kept pounding right through it. And you could see like team managers darting in and out in the Arizona locker room looking for a ball. Everybody's trying to find a ball. And he just keeps talking. He keeps talking. And the guys are kind of smiling. They see the irony in it. You know, there's guys who've been in the program three years. are like, I vaguely remember doing this a long time ago. Oh, yeah. If you would have joined as a freshman, your last would win – would have been your, uh, what, fifth game of 2019? Yeah. It's been a minute. Yeah, for sure. A minute and a half. Two years. But they got it done. Their last win was, of course, over Colorado, October 5th, 2019. So two, so 25 months ago, and they finally got a win. So that was entertaining. It's out there on social media. Check the Arizona football account. They're the ones Someone has maintained his residence in Tucson. Because his kid plays high school ball, and he was out there for senior night. Oh, there you go. Uh, Utah, Washington State, and ASU. That's how Arizona finishes the year. Utah at Washington State at ASU. Oh, so this is senior day. Yes. Oh, man, the Utes are up against senior day. (laughs) All the emotion that goes with it. (laughs) Better not mess this up. They'll obviously have the uh, ceremony before the game. I would think so, yes. (laughs) All right, DJ and PK, your feedback's coming up next. Stay with us. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. I can't believe today was a good day. If the 
Jazz want to win the title this year, they have to adjust to how teams have adjusted to them, namely running our shooters off the three-point line, stealing dribbling when dribbling too much, and getting in passing lanes. Jazz are going to have to step it up a little bit to win the title. Step sure. it up, but not in November. They'll have to play better. Yeah, for sure. I agree. But I'm not going to worry about it now. Eric says the Jazz are back to looking like the Jazz team that they'll let the Clippers, uh, no-name guys, shoot all over them. Still horrible perimeter defense. Jeez. I know, right? <laughs> I thought they the, – the NBA has evolved where you got to have – 105, 105 to 110 is usually the winning number somewhere in there. And they get to 110, it's a winning number. They held an opponent under 100 in an era where that doesn't happen a lot. I guess they've because done that. they saw Herter and Young bury the three and they shot 50% from the three. But they kept everybody else in check and they didn't send them to the free throw line and they held them under 100 points. If they keep holding teams under 100 points, they're going to keep winning a lot of games. There's no way around that. Uh, yeah, I think that's universal, but yes, I Yes, agree. I think that's, that is universal. Every NBA team should know. If we go out there tonight and we don't give them 100 points, the odds of us winning go way up. The Jazz are now 5-0. and They're 8-3 this year. They're 5-0 and when they hold teams under 100 points, and they're 3-3 and when they don't. And the Jazz are 0 and it looks like they are 0-1 when they don't score 100 points. They, they got 99 in Chicago and lost. Joe. This doesn't strike me as a team playing uh, playing no defense. You give up 118 points in Miami, you'll lose the game. But they're eight and three, second record in the NBA, second best record in the NBA. So it doesn't feel like the wheels are coming off here. They're in a pretty, <laughs> they're in a pretty good spot. I don't know that I got to go with still horrible perimeter defense. <laughs> it doesn't. They're eight and three, and it doesn't feel like the wheels are coming off. Well, I'm reading these comments. A and, statement that shouldn't have to be made. I was and you're right. Say. <laughs> but I'm looking at uh, the Jazz are consistently inconsistent. They're still playing horrible perimeter defense. And Eldon with the lukewarm. Uh, only time will tell. All right, I like that though. You know, if you're a fan. You tend, at least from my perspective, you tend to look at things negative. You know, a lot of you fans, trepidation next week. Uh-oh, here we go again. You know, I get that. So there's a sense of vulnerability but that's a, there. that's a different question. The question is, are you number one? Are you the champ? That's the question the Jazz are going to face when we get to the playoffs. And that's the question the Utes are going to face when we get to the conference title game. Right. but Are you, you number one? Because if you're number two, there's going to be a ton of disappointment. I could go to the Rose Bowl at number two. You could. You could. Although you would go at five losses. But, you know, as far as the, the winning the title, you, you name me any team in the league, and I would take the field. Right. Yes. And David Locke is with you. That was his point earlier this year. There's four to five teams that have a 10 or 15 or 20% chance, whatever, of winning. And one will do it, and most will not. And that's what the Bucks faced three years in a row. Did they have a 15 or 20 or 25% chance of winning? And twice they didn't get it done, and then the third time was the Although charm, that, and they did. That percentage, I want to evaluate that at the time the postseason begins. Absolutely. Some of these teams might play a little better. Some might play a little worse. One, one or two of the contenders can get gutted by injuries. Those numbers can absolutely change over the course of a season. Right. And we'll have to see how that plays out. So that's where the only time will tell comment, which uh, – 
comes in from Eldon, there, there's some truth to that one. And But there's good that there is truth to that because that means it can happen. Yeah, because there's second, the majority second, of the teams, got, time won't tell. Portland. Get, right. No, you're not going to do it. The Jazz have the second best record in the NBA right now. And clearly there's stuff they can get better at. Okay, we got to go. Coming up next, Jake and Ben. Stay with us.